Let's just pray. God, we echo the words of that song, that you would just reign in each one of us like a fire, that Holy Spirit, you would just fall like a flood. God, I pray that the picture of your Spirit inside of each one of us would be like a wild river, just flowing, just moving. And God, I pray for people that here this morning that possibly are feeling a little bit dry. I pray that you would come like a river inside of their hearts. You would come and fill them up this morning, God, and that you would just flow inside. In your name we pray, amen. You guys can grab a seat. It's a, been a great morning so far, and, and I'm uh, looking forward to the rest, the rest of the morning. Um, uh, it's a, a privilege to be speaking with you guys today. My name is John, and um, I'm the youth pastor, and also, probably most importantly, um, some would say the highly decorated maintenance man. Um, you know, I get the janitor outfit on, and I'm here, and I'm, you know, doing. No, I don't know, but I, I, I'm here also on the maintenance team, which is good. Now, you might have noticed, as Phil said, there's some women away on retreat uh, this weekend. And, um, you know, we, we take that pretty seriously in the sense, we know there are women still here, but we knew that the crowd would be full of uh, men, mostly, right? Um, and so we thought, you know, who would be the manliest man to come and speak to you guys today? And so we went through all kind of vigorous testing, and so Riley and Phil and all these guys were, were you know, putting to the test, and Phil got eliminated pretty quickly when we found out he blow dries his hair morning and night. <laughs> Um, Riley, he just simply lost too many man cards on man camp when we found out he showered about three times. And we're like, you know, you don't shower on man camp. And so it's a privilege to be the manliest man speaking to you guys today. Um, you know, if you don't actually know me, you know that I'm actually joking completely. And I'm not actually a very manly man. It, my, my wife actually kills the spiders in our house. And um, I'm probably... You know, not the picture of the manliest man, but it is a privilege to be speaking to you guys. And I'm excited for kind of what God wants to speak to us, kind of the word he's laid on my heart. And so, um, you know, I love this church and I, I love the youth ministry that I'm able, I'm a part of and able to lead, which is um, great. And I've been a part of this church since I went to a camp in 2004, I think it was, um, as a 12-year-old and actually had my, my, my life changed by this, this incredible gift that God has given. And, um, and um, you know, I had my life changed. A guy named Scott Vorza, some of you would know, spoke on this camp. And, um, you know, he's kind of in circles around. And, you know, ever since I've been involved with this church and just a uh, privilege to be speaking with you guys. So I'm excited. We're going to be talking um, about living water. And um, it was cool, that, that song. And we're going to be looking at the passage of John 7, 37. Um, to 39, three verses. And basically, it's this public announcement that Jesus has. It's like he it says he stands and, and shouts in a loud voice. He shouts it to the world. Now, we, we sort of heard it in other passages before, but this is like the point where it's like it went public. It's like this public announcement of living water. He says, come to me and drink. So we're going to look into that and kind of just to paint the picture of kind of where we're, we're heading. Um, there was this debate going on, and I'll, I'll get into this a little bit more. There's a debate going on of the identity of who Jesus was. Some people thought, you know, this guy could be the Messiah. You know, they heard his teaching. Some people on the other end, and obviously quite the opposite, and thought, you know, he's not, and let's kill him. Literally, that's what they, they, they said. And it was kind of this external battle that was going on. You know, they were wrestling over who Jesus was. And, you know, for us, I don't think that's necessarily the same battle that we're going to fight today. But it's probably more of an internal battle. 
Um, you know, we say that God is living and he offers this living water, but is that the reality in our lives? You know, there's this constant battle, and I find this in my life, of, of what I know and what I know God to be and, and what I believe and the application of that in my life. And so I think that that's the wrestle for us this morning is this internal wrestle of living, of God that is living. And is that the reality in our lives? Because we don't always feel that, do we? So we're going to look at John and I'm going to read and um, then we'll um, sort of unpack it from there. So it should be on the screens as well. So it says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So it's this invitation, this public announcement. Jesus says, let anyone come to me and drink. And so I sort of mentioned before, but there was this debate that was going on over who Jesus was to the point where Jesus actually didn't want to go where he did this announcement. He didn't want to go to this festival because he knew of the plots to kill him. And so he's kind of wrestling with this and he eventually goes and he begins to teach. And it says that, you know, if you read the kind of the verses before, the title is Division over who Jesus is. And so the division started to grow wider and wider. And so you can imagine the tension is building up to this moment where Jesus has these words that is a very significant word. You know, obviously we get to see the, the Bible kind of in its wider context, but and we're probably, probably, they probably didn't quite understand how deep it was at the time. But basically he is saying, this is who I am, in direct answer to what they're wrestling about. You know, who is Jesus? Is he the Messiah? Is he just a fraud? You know, he's saying, this is who I am. You know, I am the living water, if you come to me. And he's talking about, I am the fulfillment of this festival that you're celebrating. And so um, to kind of understand the, the real significance of these words, we sort of understand it to one level. I think we've got to understand the, the context of the festival. And so I want to go into that in just a little bit. And so this festival was the festival of the tabernacles. And so it would go for seven days. It was a really important and kind of big deal in the Jewish culture. And it was one of the three festivals that were handed down. You know, Dean spoke about this at the um, table series a few weeks ago that they were to celebrate. And so this is one of those festivals they had to celebrate. And so part of this festival, they would do a sacred assembly. They would read from Ezekiel and Zechariah. And it spoke of these rivers of living water that would come from the temple. And so it was this uh, kind of, you could imagine how relevant Jesus' words would have been, particularly relevant. And so part of this, they would do a water drawing and pouring ceremony and they would sing together. It would be a real joyful time. But the Jewish people believed, and this is where it's kind of like the drop the mic. This is like the, this is the crazy, you know, profound moment. The Jewish people believed that Messiah would bring food and he would bring water. It was part of kind of this messianic prophecy of the one that would come. And so as we see what happens in chapter 6, and it's interesting that Dean mentioned that last week, talking about you know, um, Jesus feeding the 5,000. So this is the chapter just before the one we're looking at. And he also mentions that I am, Jesus says that I am the bread of life. And he refers to himself as, as the food and the only thing that we need. He even says, like, you know, the, the broken bread is my body. And if you're hungry, come to me. So you imagine the Jewish people with this in their minds, knowing that you know, this is part of the prophecy of the guy that is going to come. And then for him to come and say, come to me and drink. I am the one that provides water. 
He's basically saying, you know, I am the Messiah. And this is a big deal for them to wrestle. He's wrestle with. He's saying, I am the fulfillment of everything that this ceremony represents, of this water pouring, you know, kind of things that you're doing. I am this new temple and I am the one that you have been waiting for. All your traditions, everything you're celebrating, I am actually the one that fulfills it. So you can start to understand this incredible claim that Jesus is making. And on, on one hand, kind of how controversial they are. It's like, wow, like, you know, he's come to almost throw away everything that these guys have celebrated for years. And then on the other hand, you see how profound it is. You know, sometimes I just think, how deep is the Bible? You know, we get, we get to look at the Bible kind of in its wider, we get to see the whole thing, but these guys probably didn't quite understand what was going on, you know. And Jesus, obviously, we see him dying, you know, rising again, and then he gave his spirit when he returned to the Father. And, you know, he, he actually fulfills this moment that he talks about. You know, it's incredible. I, I, I sometimes, like, my, my mind is blown. Blown? It's, blo- it's blown. There we go. Wrong, wrong word there. It's good. It's good. Cool. Well, um, so we're going to look at um, a few different thoughts coming from the Scripture. And I think the first one we've got to understand when we talk about this living water and, our, and the Spirit is that we've got to understand our access to this living water. It's not something that we can earn. And it's not something that, you know, we kind of, you know, we check the box or we tick, you know, kind of the, the checklist and then all of a sudden we get this Holy Spirit and this living water. But it's actually, it's actually an open invitation. It says at the start um, when Jesus is talking, you know, so he stood in a loud voice and says, let anyone who is thirsty. And he also says, whoever believes in me. He's almost saying, you know, if you're, if you're rich, you're low standing, your race, how far, how near you are to God, doesn't matter. Come to me. Anyone is invited to the party. And you see this kind of throughout the Bible. You know, John 3.16, you see that. You know, one of the most famous scriptures. For God so loved the world that whoever. You know, anyone is invited to this party. It's not something that we can earn. And it's a credible, an incredible gift of the Spirit. Now, I got married late last year in November, and um, before I got married, I, I lived ho- at home with uh, my family, and there were sort of household duties that were, had to be done within the home, of course. And so, you know, I lived with my mum and dad, my brother and my sister, who were both younger. And, you know, as my dad would say in his words, you, you know, to, you have to do your bit, you know, or um, has anyone heard, heard this, you know, pulling your weight within the house? You heard that one before. You know, so I had to, I had to make sure that I was doing my bit and pulling my weight within the household and you know it was kind of unfair because I had by far the hardest job and you know and, and really I just want you guys just to reason with me this morning and it's leading note no it's not it will lead somewhere but I'll, I'll tell you my job so so to understand how hard my job you've got to understand my brother's job so his job was to cook dinner once a week for the whole family some of you guys are like, that's actually pretty hard. I think that's easy. You know, come on. I'm like, man, that's easy. You've got to cook once a week. You know, you're done. Um, my, my sister's job, she was to load or um, unstack the dishwasher at dinner time. And then my job, wait for it, it's so hard, was to empty the kitchen bin. Emptying it. Come on. You know, you guys, I don't think you guys are quite feeling me. But it was, it was hard. You know, it stinks. It, there's bin juice that comes from that. You know, it's, pretty, it's a pretty rough job. But anyway, you guys are probably on my family side here. They didn't quite understand this either. Um, and and so, so, so basically, you know, 
I would sometimes miss the bins. I would sometimes, you know, not always get... I'd sometimes, I'd sometimes get it, but what they don't understand is that the bins is a 24-hour job. It's like you're on, like, night shift, you know. It could be 3 a.m. that bin's full, and I've got to empty it. It is my job. I've got to do it. My brother over there, he cooks dinner on a Tuesday night. He's finished his job, and he's lying on the couch. Like, I don't have to work for another week. I'm there knowing I'm going to have to empty that bin at some point this week, you know. It's going to be... Anyway, it's a bit of, a bit of fun, a bit of fun. But here's, here's, here's the thing, is that my access to the house wasn't defined by my performance. Is that sometimes I did miss the bin, and my mum would do it, and luckily I was still able to go into the house, and I, you know, I wasn't actually, I was allowed to sleep in the bed. Um, you know, I've taken this thinking across to my marriage, and it hasn't quite worked out as well, unfortunately. Um, I've spent a few nights outside, and... Um, <laughs> So I'm just hoping, you know, Tegan's really feeling it at women's retreat. This, no, no, who, do, who, do, who knows? Who knows? That's not. That's probably not where I should be going. But um. But it's funny how we take this thinking to the Holy Spirit, to living water. So often, we think we have to earn this living water, or we have to earn the Holy Spirit. It's like we live in a certain way, or we do certain things, and it's like we crack the code, like we we unlock it, or it's like a you know, a game, we go to a new level and you get like a new gift and it's like you get the Holy Spirit for this level or, you know, it, 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 that's not the way it works. It's actually because of nothing that we have done, but it is all because of what he has done and what Jesus has done on the cross. He already earned it for us. It's interesting when I'm talking to a few of my mates down at the football club or, you know, in the trade, wherever, I, I hear them say this and you probably heard it. It says, like, I couldn't walk into a church building because it would fall down. Anyone heard that one before? You heard it before, and, and it's almost as if, like, firstly saying that Christians are perfect, it's like we've earned the right to actually walk in, and that we're actually doing something that makes us worthy to come in. That's, that's not the truth. You know, I'm, I'm not worthy to walk into this place any more than anyone else out there. But I know the gift that God has given, and that my access is not defined on how I act and my performance. Does that make sense? So for us, we, our gift, or our point, is to believe. You know, it's a gift from God and we've got to believe. And our access to God's spirit isn't defined by our performance. I hope that's for someone this morning. You know, God, you're already good enough. God just wants you to, to have his spirit inside of you. So we understand this public invitation for all. We see these two fairly extreme responses kind of coming from this, the two crowd, the crowds. And the next question to ask is, what is our response to this invitation? You know, come to me and drink. What is our response? And I want to I talk to you guys this morning about accepting his invitation. Accept his invitation. And before we kind of get into that, um, I want to talk about the importance of why accepting his invitation is important. I want to read from John um, 30, 31. And basically this is the... the it says, it's titled, The Purpose of John's Gospel. And so this is basically the author saying, this is the reason why I have written what I have written. And kind of what I was talking about before with the, the context thing, that it's sometimes it's good, as we're looking at these three smaller verses, it's good to look at the, the bigger picture. So we're looking at the wider picture of John's Gospel, you know, kind of the purpose of why he read it. And then even it's good to look at even the bigger picture of obviously kind of the other Gospels, um, the next picture of the New Testament, the Old Testament, looking at it all because when we understand it as the wider picture, we can start to understand what the writer wants to communicate in the small picture, in these small three verses. So I I want to read it to you guys and then we'll um, go from there. So it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples 
which are not recorded in this book. So he probably did miracles, he probably did you know, all kinds of things, but he didn't record it because that's not what he wanted to do. But these are written that you may believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. See, the writer was trying to make it clear to us that Jesus, first of all, is the Son of God and he is the Messiah, which is interesting because that's what we were talking about before. You know, I am the, the fulfillment of this festival and the, and the feast. But also that by believing in him, we may have life. Isn't that incredible? That by believing in him, we have life. So the, the writer is trying to communicate that there is life in Jesus' name. He says, let anyone who is thirsty Come to me and drink. And so we know, we know now that he wasn't talking, or, and probably at the time they were sort of ummering on what it was. What, is he talking about a physical thirst? You know? But we know that he wasn't talking about a physical thirst. He was talking about a deeper thirst, a soul thirst. He was talking about a, a, a thirst that is in each one of us as human beings. It's kind of in our DNA and we have it. And it's interesting you see, you know, celebrities and, and sports stars and these, these people that kind of on paper or, you know, humanly speaking, have everything at their feet. They have everything that this world can offer. You know, think about the, the money, the, the cars, you know, whatever. You know, they're obviously killing it in their field. You know, they're, they're doing awesome things in the songs or NBA or whatever. You know, they're doing so well. But it's interesting to see that, you know, you see through their Facebook and media or even through the songs that they write that they still haven't found the answer. They're still looking for more. They're still trying to like, you know, I can't quite put my finger on it. I thought money would make me happy. I thought that when I won the NBA championship, that would do it. But it's not. There's something more. And see, we all have this God-shaped hole inside of each one of us that only this living water can fill. And that's why when we, you know, we can do a, we can do a job that, you know, doesn't earn a lot, or, but if it has meaning and purpose, it actually is, is fulfilled. We actually have a, a, you know, a worthy life, a life that we feel like we can live and have meaning and purpose. I was at conference this week um, with a few of our pastors here, Riley and Michelle. That was fun. And um, we had a great time. And, and one thing that I really noticed was that the influential leaders and pastors that were really doing well in their field or you know, leading big church, big ministries or whatever, and um, you know, I, I noticed that one, th they had a few things in common, I was talking to Michelle about this, is that they live and they connect to his spirit and they recognise that there's life in his name. They're the people that like the optimists, they're like, you know, Jesus has got it covered. You know, Jesus, there's life in his name. These are the guys that, you know, are doing really well in their field and, and they accept his invitation. Now, I know we're all in different fields of work and um, different stages of life, but it's interesting how we still come back to this same question. Do we accept, do we accept this offer of living water? Because I think, you know, if we can get this right and be filled with the Spirit, is that we would change the world around us. You know, whether we're in, in maintenance or whether we're, you know, whatever job we're doing, teaching, carpentry, is that if we're filled with this living water, I can tell you that the surroundings will start to change. So can I tell you to accept this incredible invitation? So we understand this access and we understand that when we believe, we invite the Holy Spirit in. But what does that look like? What does the Spirit look like inside of each one of us? So I want to go back to verse 38 as we kind of um, I'll wrap up not too long after this. Verse 38, it says, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers 
of living water will flow from within them. It's this picture of movement. It will flow. It's not like this stagnant lake, but the spirit flows. I like, I like that word there because Jesus actually wants his spirit to flow in us. It's not like this uh, duck pond or a closed-in body of water that you can imagine that is just still. And sometimes, you know, I think that might be the picture of my life. But Jesus actually wants to flow. He actually wants to move. And he actually wants to be like a flowing river. You see, um, you see the Spirit represented by a few different things in the Bible. And three that I want to point out is fire, wind, and water. And I love that you know, this is the same sort of capturing that flow. They're capturing its movement. It's things that are powerful, things that are all-consuming. That's what the Spirit's meant to be. That's what the Spirit's meant to look like inside of each one of us. And it will flow from deep within. You know, Some other translations of this scripture says, Out of his belly it will flow. It also says out of his heart in the ESV translation. And it's talking about this spirit coming from the depths of who we are, coming from this core part of our lives. And I'm not sure about you, but that's what I want in my life. I want it to come from this deep place. I don't want it to come from a, a surface level or it to be still water, but I want it to come from a deep place and just be breathing fresh water of life. And when the spirit moves you know, and it flows, we actually have this incredible capacity to actually be a blessing to others. And, you know, I talked about before in, in our fields, you know, when the Spirit moves in us, it actually moves in the people around us as well. And see, the Spirit inside of us actually wants to empower us onto the cause of Christ and to His mission. So when we connect to the Spirit, we're actually, you know, doing what Jesus would want us to do. We actually almost become like this, uh, uh, well, I'm going to say secret agent, but we almost have like this, uh, this special ear to Jesus because we're connected to his spirit. You know, it's interesting, the disciples, you know, sometimes I think I'd wish I was a disciple because it'd be easy because you're walking around with Jesus. But it's actually interesting, and I'll read this first in just a minute, that the disciples working with Jesus, but now that Jesus actually gave up his spirit, Jesus isn't just actually like kind of, you know, walking alongside of us, but he is actually in us. And he is actually working inside of us. And there is actually power when the Spirit is in his believers. In John 14, 12, it says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. This is Jesus talking. So he's saying, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Isn't it incredible that Jesus is actually spurring you and me on to actually do the works that he did and greater? I don't know, that's a, that's a pretty crazy thought for me. So there's power when we can get this right and have the Spirit living inside of us. I'm going to welcome the band up in just a minute, or now. And um, we're, going to, we're going to sing a song. <clears throat> and this song is um, called Open Heaven um, River Wild. We sung it, we sung it just before. But it's an incredible song, and I actually want to open up the chance for some people, possibly even come to the front, but to receive some prayer tonight. Because who knows in life, sometimes, you know, we, we see this living water, maybe we, we know that God is living, but on the inside, that's not the reality, and we feel like this dry, dry desert. We feel like it's just not moving. I love this song. One of, one of the words in this song, it says, Liver, Living water, river wild in me. It's basically crying out, saying, may the Spirit inside of me look like this wild river. May it look like this rapid that is just going crazy. 
It's like a rushing wind moving inside of me, a breath, fresh air of life. I'm going to invite my friend up, Jaden. And um, Jaden was here for the, the first service and um, he would help me out with a bit of an illustration. He didn't know what was happening in the first service. And so it's good that you've made the adjustment and put on a raincoat. Um, so I'm going to get, we've got, I've actually got some special living water here this morning in the form of a, of a glass. And this is actually metaphorical, living water. It's not actually, although maybe it could be. Um, and I want to have a bit of fun and, and sort of create a bit of a powerful illustration for you guys this morning. Because sometimes, you know, we're, we're hungry for God, we're desperate for God, and, and Jaden's going to represent everyone here today. And you come to the front and you're believing for something, you know, you, you're crying out and you're saying, God, I want your Spirit to fill me. I want your, your Spirit to, to flow within me. And you raise your hands up above your head and... <laughs> And you say, and I'm going to get you to repeat after me, Jaden. You say, God, God, I need you. I need you. God, I'm tired of running. God, I'm tired of running. To other things. To other things. That don't satisfy me. That don't satisfy me. God, please. God, please. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. On me right now on me right now and then nothing happens come on I know, I know it's a bit of a funny moment and I'm creating probably a bit of a, a crazy moment here but sometimes that's the reality sometimes we say that God is living maybe we've been fasting for 30 days or 40 nights or I don't know where it went there, but you know, you've been fasting for a while and you're just hungry for God and you're saying, you know, you're, you're singing so hard that your veins are popping out and you know, you're just going crazy, you're going nuts and God, I just want you more. But it feels like you just get nothing. And that's not because God isn't there. God is always there. I think sometimes our timing is a little bit different to God's timing. But something that I've learned is the Holy Spirit fills His believers when we have faith. When we have faith and the Spirit will fill us when we have faith. And here's something I learned about faith is that faith is more than a feeling. That faith is more than, you know, I didn't rock up, I rocked up that night, I didn't feel anything. But faith is a decision. Faith is the decision to push through and say, God, maybe I didn't get anything that night, but I'm going to rock up the next night. I'm going to rock up that next time and read my Bible. I'm going to rock up to that next church service and say, God, I know that you still have a work for me. I know that you still want to do something in me. And maybe you rock up again and he doesn't show up again. But then faith is rocking up again and just saying, God, I know that you're not done. And as you begin to lift your hands higher, you lift them higher. No, no. And you praise and you say, God, I, I've heard about this living water. I've heard about this life that you bring, that you give. God, I, I know at the moment maybe I don't feel it, but I pray that you would just keep working inside of me. You would keep, I'm going to keep pushing no matter what my circumstances, no matter what's going on. And as you lift your hands and you start to pray, you start to worship, His presence starts to pour out. It starts to come. You start to feel a little bit of a drop and then He begins to pour. He begins to pour and He begins to pour it out. Come on, let's get excited about that this morning. I don't... Thanks, Jaden. 
Did it wreck your hair? That's no, good, it's good. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I know that God wants to fill you with this living water. And if you're feeling right now at this moment that, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit dry, can I encourage you, maybe come to the front or maybe just pray kind of in your circles because God wants to bring life into your life. He wants to bring life into that dry place and give you living water that it will satisfy you more than anything else can. So let's worship. If you want to stand to your feet, we're going to keep this place open. We've got the prayer team. We've got a few pastors around. And um, we're going we're gonna to pray and worship God.